I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you to one of my favorite cities in the world, Sarajevo, and tell you a story of love, the Olympics, and what it means to live in a country after a war has ended. May nineteenth, nineteen ninety-three, the siege of Sarajevo. Together, we cruised the city, looking for something different. Everywhere we went in Sarajevo, ended in frustration. However, before calling it a day, we decided to check out the front line around the Verbania Bridge. These are the words of Mark H. Milstein, an American photojournalist who was in the besieged city of Sarajevo at the height of the war in Bosnia. There was a small battle going on, with the Bosnian forces firing at a group of Serb soldiers. near the ruins of the union invest building suddenly a serb tank appeared 200 meters in front of us and fired over our heads we scrambled to the next apartment house and found ourselves holed up with a group of bosnian soldiers one of the soldiers yelled at me to look out of the window pointing at a young girl and boy running on the far side of the bridge they were holding hands the girl was waving her bag and hopping i grabbed my camera but it was too late a burst of fire cut them through posco was shot first and then admira she crawled to him she hugged him and then came silence they were both 25 she was a bosnian muslim and he was a serbian christian in love and running away from the war their bodies remained in the no man's land for nearly 4 days before being recovered from 1992 to 1996 the capital sarajevo endured the longest siege in modern warfare after the serbian military and its bosnian loyalists sealed all entrances and exits to the city they launched a brutal assault on its inhabitants but sarajevo wasn't always like this in 1984 it was a sinosure of all eyes for the first time since the first olympic games in athens a balkan country had hosted the olympics High in the Trebevich Mountains, which overlooks Sarajevo from north to south, a bobsleigh and luge track was specially constructed for the Olympics. At the 1984 Games, there were over 50,000 spectators who witnessed the competition. Experts heralded the track as safe, quick, and technically interesting, which requires extreme concentration and technical knowledge. Eight years later, as the war came to Bosnia, it was used as an artillery position by the Bosnian Serb forces. Many such Olympic sites were caught in the crossfire. They became minefields, bunkers, or improvised sniper positions, and they have mostly lain abandoned ever since. Today, a walk along the track is certainly possible. However, lying around quietly would be a landmine that could blow up your foot. Bobsleighs once used to cruise here at a speed of 150 kilometers an hour, celebrating the pinnacle of sporting glory. Today, you would be lucky to walk at five kilometers an hour, watching. every step of yours but if you wanted to get a tiny glimpse of what it felt like to live in a city under siege all you needed to do was walk 
into the Sarajevo war hostel. The owner, Aryan Korbasik, first observed visitors' fascination with the war when he worked as a tour guide during his teens. I did regular city walking tours and I noticed that some people were generally less curious about the broader history of the city compared to the recent war history. Though he tried to satisfy their curiosity, Kurbasik found it difficult to explain certain emotions to them and instead decided to simulate the environment he grew up in. He went on to create a hostel that authentically recreated the condition under siege. Here, a pile of sandbags function as a reception desk where Kurbasik wears a UN peacekeeper's uniform and welcomes you. The sofa in the hostel's common room is covered in camouflage upholstery. Flags, news clippings and automatic rifles hang on the pockmarked walls. As you make your way to your room, you'd pass guns and bombs that hang from wall fixtures, imitation bullet holes punched through the plaster and chunks of crumbling masonry suspended on threads of twisted rebar. Rooms are made up of camp beds and military-issue blankets with a mortar shell embedded in the wall above your pillow. At night, the electricity is cut off. Guests read by cooking oil candles and fall asleep on sponge mats, listening to the sound of gunfire and bomb explosions played over a sound system. You could call the hostel a mix between something kitsch and something authentic. You could question the validity of this entire project, even be repulsed by it. You could even say that it only tells you one side of the story. But Aryan Kurbasik has this to say. There are no winners in war, only victims. I can talk about my experiences and of people whose histories I have absorbed growing up. I didn't choose to experience the war, but it happened to me and it's my right to talk about it. His thoughts also underscore the reality of Bosnia. The international community's fascination with the Bosnian war has resulted in the neglect of the everyday struggles that define Bosnian life today. With youth and employment as high as 63%, Kurbasik is glad to be making a living, even if it requires him to recreate his experience of war for tourists who have the luxury of walking away from the hostel unharmed. As we visit countries that were former war zones, we need to move our eyes away from the war and see the country for what it is today. Most such countries struggle with a post-war transition and Kurbasik too met this fate. As of today, the Sarajevo war hostel stands permanently closed. I don't know why, but as with so many stories of people who survive war, nobody does. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. 